You're listening to the Queer Yid Podcast, where we share the stories of LGBTQ Jews from religious backgrounds. My name is Hannah Peterson, and today I'm talking with Yared Stuffelbeam. From Indiana to Pittsburgh, all the way to Israel, Yared's story is unapologetic in its queerness. After being bullied in high school, Yared came out to his friends, family, and rabbis, and forged his own path through the religious world. From proudly working as an openly gay madrich to breaking stereotypes about religious people in the army and attending a fabulously queer prom, Yared's story is one you will not want to miss. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Yared. Okay, so I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, in America. Um, It is a very, very quiet Midwestern city. Um, there's not much to tell. I mean, like the most interesting fact about it is that like we have one of the top five children's museums in the entire world. Like that's just, and we have the Indy 500, which is like a a race car, NASCAR Mm -hmm. race. Um, that's like really the only interesting things about where I grew up. Um, I grew up in a very small Jewish community, like a dying Jewish community. Mm -hmm. Um, we had one school that was from preschool to eighth grade um and like the thing about where I lived is that like the school I went to it was a mixture of everything from like reconstructionist to orthodox Judaism mm-hmm. uh you had like kids from all sects of Judaism and that that's what I grew up with going to school we had like one orthodox shul um and uh, we so so i grew up like i grew up with non-religious people um i was actually there was only me and two other boys my age who were religious and then we had like seven girls um and that was like my my age group uh Mm -hmm. of kids to play with like on shabbat um and one of them one of the guys actually was israeli like his parents were doing in america um so he was only there for like five years (laughs) um so so, you were growing up in this community that was I think uniquely for America kind of almost like non-denominational um what was your your family like um religiously so my family religiously um so we went my, my parents uh were not religious when they got married mm-hmm. uh, my father converted he got an orthodox conversion but they were not orthodox like right when they uh were married um they kind of like leat leat became more and more religious um so i actually do remember my mom like wearing shorts and i i have like this crazy memory of her in a bathing suit at the JCC, uh, like the, the Jewish community center swimming pool mm-hmm. um, when I was five. And I remember it so vividly because it's the last time I saw her in a bathing suit until I was 18. And we were at my uncle's like private swimming pool. And because we were only family, that was like my mom wore her bathing suit rather than like wearing a, cause she wore like this kind of dress over yeah. it. Um, so like it, it, that, like it, it was just years between that and uh, my little brother and I are like, that's the same exact bathing suit that you've had since we were like kids. <laughs> and my mom, my mom was like, 
how do you know that? How do you remember? Like, how do you remember me in a bathing mm -hmm. suit? So it was like, that's how crazy it is. Also, like my mom, she you know that that like, she think she. I remember her not covering her hair, mm -hmm. um, and now she wears a shaitel. So, um, my my parents have like progressively become more and more religious, um, and my brothers and I have all have progressed with them, but like kind of stopped at where we feel is comfortable mm -hmm. for us. Um, so it's a little ironic because out of all of my family. Like out of all my brothers, for five boys, out of all of us, I'm the only one who's Shomer Shabbat and Shomer Kasher. Like it's uh, like my my little brother is Shomer Kasher, but he's not Shomer Shabbat. Um, and the same is with my oldest brother. And then my two, my second oldest brother, my third oldest brother are like Chiloni Legamre. Like my my third oldest brother is like so Chiloni. He is like eating whatever food he wants, wearing all leather clothing on Yom Kippur. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> and then that's how I could describe him. Um, so that that's basically like how my family structure is. We, we kind of like when my, my parents ended up moving to Pittsburgh, mostly just so that me and my little brother could go to a Jewish high school. So um, when did your family move? So we moved in 2010, we moved mm -hmm. to Pittsburgh. Um, and that was not exactly fun for me or my little brother. Um, like we, we understand why our parents did it. Um, it was the year that we actually moved. There were five other families that left Indianapolis as well. Wow. Like it is a dying Jewish community. Um, and it's like as far as i know since we left it's gotten smaller and smaller and the school is like not doing so well so and we moved to pittsburgh and it was pretty miserable for me and my little brother mm -hmm. um for me it was difficult because all of these kids in pittsburgh it, it, the school was pre-k through 12th grade so all of these kids have been together since preschool. Like they, they've all known each other their entire lives. And then here I am, this new kid who just comes in. Yeah, that's rough. Um, it was really rough. Uh, I was always the new kid the entire was this time. A, was this a modern Orthodox school in Pittsburgh? So this is a modern Orthodox school, um, but it's run by like the black hatters in the community. Mm -hmm. um, so the rules were all very strict. Um, like I went from not having a school uniform at mm -hmm. all to we didn't exactly have a uniform. But we had an extremely um, we had an extremely like specific dress code. Mm -hmm. um, was so, it mixed boys and girls? No. So there was the boys school and there was the girls school, mm -hmm. um, which also was a big difference for me because I had gone my entire life in a all boys school or I, like not sorry. I'd been in, all my life in a co-ed school and now I was all of a sudden in an all boys school. Mm -hmm. um, so that was like a pretty hard adjustment. It was like very weird, especially since in my class specifically, we were six boys and 12 girls. So like- Oh, whoa. So you were like yeah. very much outnumbered. <laughs> I was very, we were very much outnumbered. I was very used to like having girls around I knew how to speak to girls, mm -hmm. but because we were six guys in my class, like 
we were all friends, but like we we were like a clique, but like we also our personalities were all the same. So I'd never been like this was my first time being with guys and like having to find my clique mm-hmm. because when like the, these were six boys, like me and these other five boys, we'd all grown up together. We were also like pre-K through eighth grade together. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't it wasn't hard. Like we like we we were friends because we've been friends since we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um so now all of a sudden I was like, I don't even know how to make friends with guys. Like it was weird. It was really weird for me. And it, it was uh I also came to realize like I was much more comfortable around girls than I was guys because um when I when it came to Shab to Shabbat, like that's who I hung out with. Mm-hmm. So um I came to realize like I was actually a lot more comfortable around girls than I was around guys and that was really really hard for me um and then on top of that the school it was like a fish tank you could literally hear everything people said and I was talked about a lot there was actually a senior in the high school who every single day took it upon himself to ask me so do you like penis or vagina every day like every day and it was it was it was very very uncomfortable at that point um where were you on your queer journey so on my queer journey so i knew i was into guys since i was since i was 12 like i would have to say before my bar mitzvah like i knew i was into guys um mm-hmm. and there was actually in middle school, like since seventh grade, uh, there was a guy that I actually was hooking up with in Whoa. in my class. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, like we were seventh grade boys and, you know, we experimented with each other. Um, so, but like, I also was like, oh, hey, girls. Like, I was pretty sure I was into girls as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, so we got to, I was in ninth grade. I was in this new place. Now all of a sudden there's all these rumors about me being gay in this new school. Um, these are people who I've never met people that I don't know. And they're like, I constantly hear them talking about me all the time. I was like the subject of conversation and everyone was convinced that I was gay. And at this time I was thinking that I was like probably bi because I was like I still think girls are pretty and they're beautiful and all of that but like I also like dick Mm -hmm. so um (laughs) that was that was like my mindset so um so I I remember like thinking all the time oh my god I'm so gonna show them like one day I'll come back here and I'll be married and I'll have the hottest wife out of all of them (laughs) um so that was uh, that was like what kind of got me through it, but it also like really was, was what made me think like, well, am I really into girls or do I just like find girls beautiful? And it, it's true, I, like I really just I find girls beautiful, like you know, mm-hmm. um, and but I, I have no attraction, um, and that's like it is what really made me realize that I was gay, not bi, but at the same time like felt very forced it wasn't like you know a natural progression kind of thing it was more of like I was sort of felt like I was forced to think about it because I had to think about it because everybody was bringing it up around you 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I remember like it was so tough moving there um, and by myself that there was one time I actually just left school and like the principal, like I left, I left the class right in the middle of the class. And the principal actually ha- happened to be like the, the teacher in that class. She ran out after me. And it was like a day where I had literally just been hearing people talking about me my, like all day about me being gay. And I was in class and people were behind me talking about it. Um, I was like, I- I've had enough of this bullshit. Um, and I like, walk, I, I left the class. Um, I, I got my stuff. I started leaving the school. And the principal comes running after me. And he's like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? I was like, I'm leaving. He's like, okay, when are you coming back? I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not coming back. Um, I, I left the school. I called my mom and I was like, I was like, listen, I, I don't want to go to this school anymore. I, I don't want to go here. Um, I'd much rather go to Chicago. My mom's like, well, we're moving to Pittsburgh. So like, it's a done deal. Like your dad's starting a job there in a couple of months. Like, I'm sorry, but you kind of have to just deal with it. Um, and I actually, I almost left the school, like after like junior year, um, uh, I almost left my parents like finally I got my mom on board about it my dad not so much but like I finally got my mom to agree she was like okay I'll deal with your dad if you really are that unhappy like I'll we'll take you out of the school Mm -hmm. um and my principal wanted to have a meeting with me so they basically sat me down and they said they're like they're like we need you to stay he's like you're one of our like top students they're like we we need you to stay in our school um so what do we have to do to get you to stay um and i actually wrote up a um like uh a list of like terms um and one of the things was bullying that was a really big thing that the administration really turned a blind eye to which i've come to realize happens a lot in jewish schools is that the 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 teacher and the staff don't know how to deal with bullying um you know that i i think they're a little old-fashioned that they just think that bullying is like when someone's beating up one kid's beating up another mm-hmm. but it's not it's more than that um and they like like the administration was really turned a big blind eye to like people specifically making fun of me and um like like people, I was going to say, like, all of this time that you're going through this bullying and you're telling your parents you want to leave the school and even like now you're having this meeting with the administration, um, at any point did you tell them that people were calling you gay? So, I mean, they were calling me worse than gay, um, mm-hmm. but um, I, I actually really didn't specify so much on what the bullying was about. Um, And that partly was because I was only out to my mom, but not out to my dad yet. Um, At what point did you come out to your parents? So I came out to my mom freshman year. Um, That was a little little bit of a funny story. Uh, Mm -hmm. We had like just moved into the house that we got in Pittsburgh. Um, And I was on my laptop. 
I was like actually like watching coming out videos on YouTube and like just trying to find some inspiration and some uh, advice mm-hmm. on coming out. And um, I hear my mom coming up the stairs because this the, the houses in Pittsburgh are old. Like the, the house that we moved into was 185 years old, something like that. It was like, so when I say you hear someone coming up the steps, I, I mean, you like hear every squeak of every step. <laughs> um, so I closed the laptop. Mm-hmm. And I put it down on my bed as my mom's walking into the room. Mm-hmm. She's like, what are you doing? Cause you know, I'm a teenage boy I'm right. closing my laptop. Uh-huh. Um, so my mom's like, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing like school homework. My mom's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I was like, really, Ima, it's nothing. And she's like, Yared Ezra Stuffelby, what are you doing on your laptop? That is a school laptop that is meant for school only. And she goes over and she's opening it. And I was like, okay, Ima, all right. (laughs) 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 I yield. (laughs) Um, So I like, uh, I I was like, I was like, okay, I need you to close the bedroom door. She closes the door. And I was like, I'm gay. (laughs) Um... Did you specify that those were coming out videos? Actually, I did not. (laughs) Garrett! (laughs) I I think I did a little bit later. um, A little bit later in the day. My mom had taken my laptop and I was like, like, by the way, um, it wasn't porn. I was watching coming out videos. I was like, if you want to check the history, you can. (laughs) Oh, no. So, so it's funny. I got my laptop back like five mm-hmm. minutes later, but um, it was uh, it, it was very um, what's what like it, it it was very hard for her. Um, it took her three years to really get over the fact that I was gay. Um, and it was like three years of argument after argument. Um, and she was like, "You can never come out." You can never tell anyone. No one can know. Um, and in the meantime, I'm coming out to all my friends. <laughs> you know, like people know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, by the time on my 17th birthday, I came out to my dad, and I got a pinched nerve in my neck, so I could not move my head in any possible way. I was like always had to just face forward. It was a really sucky day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also like, I'm a Pesach baby. So my birthday is always on Pesach. Um, it was like one, this was like the first time in something like, I don't know, 10 years that my birthday was on, was not on Pesach. And I got to go to school on my birthday, which is like something that I never had growing up. Like I was never at school on my birthday. So I was really excited about it. Um, and then I got a pinched nerve in my neck. I'm like sitting through davening. I was determined to like actually be at school all day. I'm sitting in davening and my rabbi like actually left the room and called my mom and was like, your son is like writhing in pain. Like he, I didn't tell anyone. Like I told my parents that like my neck was hurting, but like my mom gave me ibuprofen, but I didn't tell anyone like what the problem was. Um, and he's like, he's like, I'm just sitting there and I can like see that he's in pain sitting in davening. So he, he was like, you, I think you need to take him to a doctor. Okay. So uh, my mom came and picked me up from school. We went to the doctor. They're like, you have a pinched nerve. So you need to go home. 
So I had planned on coming out to my dad, but it just happened to be that like that day um, was just my, my dad was off early from work and I was at home anyways, because I had a pinched nerve in my neck. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't know my dad was on on his way home. So I like sat down at the dining table waiting for him and he comes in the front door and I was like, Hey, Abba, can you come in here? I need to talk to you. Um, And so he sits down across from me. And I was like really nervous because I was like, okay, my mom didn't react well to this. Like I was, I actually had a friend who was like, she she actually told me she's like, here's where I hit the key to my house. Like if it doesn't go well, like you're more than welcome to just like come over to our house, like text me. She's like, I'll come home early from school. Um, so I was like, okay. Um, and she like hid the key like in some place and just told me where it was. Um, so I, I, I was like, I'm like sitting across from him. I was like, Abba, I need you to know that I'm gay. But that's like, okay. It's like, is that it? I was like, I mean, you could act surprised. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's like, he was like, well, I've known. I'm like, what do you mean you've known? He's like, I've known since you were like five years old. <laughs> and I was like, how? Like, how did you know? And he's like, I don't know, like the shampoo you use? I was like, Abba, Eva's the one who buys me my shampoo. What do you mean that is from the shampoo I use? <laughs> it's really funny. Um, but he's like, he's like, he's like, I don't know. It's just, it's the way you're wired. He's like, you're very different from your brothers. I was like, uh, he's like, they play sports. You always hated sports. I was like, mm-hmm. so that makes me gay automatically. <laughs> um, it was just, it was very funny. It was really, really <laughs> funny. Um, but he also like, it was, it was really sweet because uh, he, he, he apologized to me. Cause he was like, how long have you known? And I said, I was like, I've known I was into guys since I was like probably 12 years old, like since seventh grade for sure. And my dad's like, I'm so sorry that we weren't better for you. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like you couldn't feel comfortable enough to come to me and tell now and tell me this. He, he's like, I'm really, really sorry that, cause like my dad's like this macho kind of guy. He's like the definition of macho. He's played every sport. He was in every varsity team through high school and like his first two years of university. Like yeah. he, he, he's like a macho man, like that's definition. Um, and he, like he, he, he's like the one who like really doesn't tell you I love you or gives you hugs. Or like that's, that's my dad. Um, so after I came out to him, he actually gave me a huge hug. He's like, I'm really sorry that we weren't there for you and that you couldn't feel like and you had to go, he's like, I'm really sorry you had to go through all this alone. It's like, that's a lot of processing and a lot of finding yourself, a lot of self-exploration that you did like by yourself. Wow. And he's like, I'm really sorry that we couldn't be there for you or, or at least give you resources that you needed for help. So that was really amazing, really unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, <laughs> I was like thinking I was gonna get thrown out of the house. So uh, uh, right afterwards I texted my friend and I was like, all good. <laughs> but, um, wow. Yeah, it was, um, it was a pretty uh, nerve wracking thing, but like he was absolutely amazing. I was like, I wish I came out to you first. <laughs> yeah. My mom was like total opposite. She was, uh, took her a 
long while to get over it. Um, and when she did, like my mom was also really amazing. She was just uh, like, you're going to have to find yourself a nice Jewish boy. Like, you know. <laughs> well, you did and we'll get there, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay. So this is so, your high school experience. You yeah. come out to your parents, to some of your peers at the same time, you're dealing with like a lot of bullying from the, the school and the administration side even. Um, yeah. So actually I have, so two stories actually from bullying. Um, there was one person like my freshman year of high school that I started to become pretty close with. And I was like, really my mom thinking like, he's my friend. And I was like, actually like considering coming out to him. Um, just because like he was just the, this all around, like really nice person to me. Um, and then we were on our high school retreat every single year we do a high school retreat where we do camping and we do like um uh like trust fall exercises basically um and it's just to like build connections between all the people in the school uh it's the entire high school that goes um and i remember like when we were being given tents we got to choose who we wanted to share a tent with um and everyone that I asked was saying, ah, no, sorry, like I'm full, like this tent's full, this tent's full. Um, so like my idea was like, okay, I get in line of like the people who are getting tents and I just grab a tent and like someone will have, like eventually like people will be like, have to figure out. Cause literally everyone I asked said no. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I uh, I was in line and I heard this one guy that like I thought I was friends with um, whisper to somebody else, well, as long as I'm not sharing a tent with Yared. And I was like, okay. Uh, I actually like one of the, one of the administrators was leaving uh, like, like literally about like getting in his car to leave. I grabbed my backpack. I got mm-hmm. out of the line. I grabbed my backpack. He's, he's also a family friend of mine. Um, so he was like the one rabbi that I called by first name. Um, so I went up to him and I was like, uh, I was like, listen, you need to take me home. Um, and he's like, is everything okay? And I told him the situation, like, because he's a family friend, like I really, um, like, uh, I felt comfortable telling him the whole situation. So he was like, okay, I'll drive you home. Um, he's like, would you like me to speak to the, cause he was the principal of the entire school. Yeah. And then there was the principal of the, of the boys high school. And then there's the vice principal of the boys high school. Mm-hmm. So he's like, do you want me to speak to the principal and vice principal of the boys high school? I said, no, I don't want them to know. I just want you to drive me home. And when so you he say like, that you told him the whole situation. Did you tell him that you were gay? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I, I think he actually already knew. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. when I actually, when I first went to Pittsburgh, when I, when I first moved there for the six months that I was living there by myself, yeah. I was actually living at his mother's house because they're, they're family friends of ours. Um, like I've known them my whole life. So, yeah. So um, it's like, that's uh, so, so he already, I think, I think he already knew, but um, so he, he was like, okay, I'll drive you home. And he's like, I just have to tell the, your principal and vice principal. So he like went and told them and he's like, I'm taking him home. That's it. Like, end of discussion. Um, the so, my parents were really surprised. They're like, "I thought you were like 
going away for like three <laughs> days. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, change of plans. So it was just one day. Um, we, I was like, we have the option of coming home. And I just decided to come home. I was like, I don't really know anyone. And I didn't, I don't know. I just made up some bullshit excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something that was like really, really um, hard. And then um, I also wanted to tell you about like coming out to my administration. Yeah. Um, so my, like the principal of the boys high school, um, in like after that year, the, the principal of the boys high school became the principal of the entire school and our vice principal became our principal of the boys school. Okay. And then we didn't have a vice principal after that. So, yeah. um, so the, the, I, I actually like junior year, um, I think it was junior year is either junior or senior year. I don't remember which, um, yeah, the senior year I came out to the principal of the boys high school, uh, because I was looking for a gap year program in Israel to do. And mm-hmm. I wanted one that would be gay friendly. So I like, I walked into his office and I was like, Hey Rabbi, can I talk to you? And he's like, yeah, sure. I, so I closed the door to the office. Um, and he, I sit down and I was like, uh, I was like, so basically I'm gay and I need help finding a yeshiva. That's okay with that. And he just stares at me with like this look and he like literally like the seconds tick by and I'm like, oh shit. And he's like, wow that's a lot of information to process because like I also just like sat down and I like said it really fast so he's like mm-hmm. wow it's a lot of information to process in one second he's like okay it's like all right I will help you um we actually ended up sitting and talking about it for a little bit and he's like listen um whatever you do that's like it's between you and God it's like no one can tell you otherwise if you're walking down a street holding hands with a man no one can tell you that that's wrong only god has the right to do that so um he basically just said you be you it's like mm-hmm. do do what you want no one can judge you for it no one has the right like he said no one has the right to judge you for who you are and what you do um so it was actually really really amazing he he like never said it's wrong it's against the torah you shouldn't be doing that you should still go out like no nothing um and he actually he he met my fiance like back when he my fiance was my boyfriend and we went to pittsburgh for a visit he actually met him um and when i when we got engaged he sent me a mazal tov really so it was really nice yeah um you mentioned that you were um had badrechem b'nei akiva yeah um, at any point did you experience a conflict between your queer identity and the role that you were taking in the religious world? No, actually I didn't. Um, and because I was out Mm -hmm. like for, for senior year, like, like towards the end of junior year and senior year of high school, I was like pretty much completely out. And, um, a lot of people like gave me a lot of, uh, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I remember, cause I was also like on Shabbat, I did uh babysitting like in the, sh- in the Beit Knesset. So like yeah. I would go to the Hashkama Minyan 
and then I would do babysitting for the little kids. Um, and I remember like one, one family that I babysitted for like on Stam, like just, you know, a regular weeknight, um, they, they knew that I was gay and I was talking to the, the husband. I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of like a little bit afraid that, you know, I'll be fired from, uh, doing babysitting at the Beit Knesset because mm-hmm. like I'm gay. And he's like, not only will I re- represent you legally because you can mm-hmm. sue them for that. He's like, every single mother will flip a shit on the rabbi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it was it was very funny. He was like, he's like, you have no idea how much like these mothers like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh yeah, I've I've always like also been very good with kids. Like that's one I'm in education. Um so like uh you know, just babysitting, like what um one family when I came back from my gap year in Israel um there were like three events that mm-hmm. were coming up like within the week that I got back this family heard that I would that I that I was uh back for the summer and they're like they fired their babysitter for those three <laughs> for those three nights and mm-hmm. was like and hired me um because they like that's how that's how much they liked me as a babysitter so uh, apparently I was the only one who could put their kids to bed <laughs> So yeah, that that's that was my high school experience. So tell me about prom. Oh, so prom. Okay, that was a movie moment. Um, so my senior year, uh, my school didn't have prom, but mm-hmm. I really wanted to go to prom. And this friend of mine, she was like, "Well, I don't have a date to prom, so why don't you come to my school's prom?" I was like, okay. awesome. I went with this whole group of people, and she was like listen, this guy that I really like, uh, it turns out that he's like single and like just broke up with his girlfriend, you know, like two days ago, he's here alone. I was like, go have fun, go with him. I was like, I'm with the group right now. Like I'm having fun, just go go into your thing. Um, So there was uh, this girl, she's like, she's like, let's find you a guy also. I was like, I don't think I'll find a guy. Like, you know, like how many, how many gay guys are there at a public school? Um, so she's like a lot actually. <laughs> so, um, she, she, she was like, Oh wait, I see someone that I know who's really cute. I'll be right back. So she, uh, she goes, she grabs this guy. She comes back. She was like, Hey, he's gay and Jewish. You're gay and Jewish. Here you go. Go ahead and dance. <laughs> um, so it's really funny. So we were, we were like on the dance floor dancing and then it comes to a slow song. So like we're slow dancing. And, you know, this entire time we're like talking and getting to know each other. And he's like, okay. It's like, so are you going to kiss me? And I was like, yeah, why not? So we start kissing on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we hear cheering. And I was like, oh, it's prom. There's probably something going Aww. on. Like someone did something or whatever. So the, like, we just keep making out, like ignoring it. And then like the cheering gets louder and louder. And I was like, what's going on so so like we actually both broke away from the kiss and we're like looking around the entire room i mean the entire room is circled around us and we're not even in the center of the dance floor we're like in a corner and everyone is circled around us Aww. cheering and i was like what i was like oh my god it was like such a movie moment um so that was like that that was that's one of uh my high school experiences that was like absolutely incredible that mm-hmm. it's just a cherished memory so after high school you um do a gap year do you find the yeshiva that's okay with you being gay 
so I didn't. Um, and it was quite scandalous, actually, these interviews that I did for Yeshiva. <laughs> they were not ready for someone like me. Um, Talk to they, me. Every, t- every single interview. So so when I was in high school, we we our administration had set it up that the Yeshivas come to us and we can do interviews with them in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so every single Yeshiva, I would ask the normal questions of like, can I have a laptop while I'm there? Is there Wi-Fi in the dorms? What is curfew like? And then I would say, do you allow dating? That was like my last question. And they'd be like, of course. Yes, we allow dating. Um, and then my question would be like, okay, that's great. But like, what about, what about dating guys? Mm-hmm. And they're like, silence. Every single one of them had the same reaction. Dead silence, followed by, um, we've never gotten that question before. <laughs> um, which uh like I was a rule breaker oh my god what can I say um but uh they most of them were like that that was their their first response we never got that question before mm-hmm. um and then it was usually followed by that's a PR issue no you have to keep it quiet no you can't do that um there were others that were like we're gonna have to ask you not to come to our yeshiva um and then there was one yeshiva that like I considered going there because they had such an amazing response. Mm-hmm. They ended up closing that year. So I didn't end up going there, but um, this guy's reaction was, I've never gotten that question before. It's like, but that is a very good question. He's like, um, my response, he's like, just don't date your madrich. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Um, and I was like, sounds like you're the yeshiva for me, but they ended up closing like yeah. that year. So when I would, when I would have gone, they, they didn't exist, which were, was unfortunate. I know um, they're laughing about it now, but like, what was it like going through that experience at the time? I had so much fun. Yeah. Like I could not tell you how squirmy these rabbis got when I asked that question that it was just, it was like, I, 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 uh, I took mu- too much joy in like making these rabbis feel really uncomfortable, <laughs> but it was really fun. Okay, but was there and, no um, part of you that was, was worried about issue. not finding a place to go? No, no. Cause um, I was like, I, I was looking into other programs like you know, Bar Ilan experience, things like that, uh-huh. where okay. like, um, and even like, I ended up doing a Chiboni program, but I'll, I'll get to that. So like, my favorite one was uh, the Yeshiva Chavetz Chaim. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of it? Mm-hmm. It's so it's a it's a Haredi Yeshiva. Mm-hmm. And uh, because we had some Haredi students, they were there, but they everyone had to interview with every Yeshiva. Uh-huh. Matter if you wanted to go there or not, it was mostly so that like you could really see if you really mamash wanted to go there or didn't. Right. Because um, some people ended up switching their what what yeshiva they wanted to go to just because mm-hmm. of these interviews. So no matter what, you had to uh, you, you had, had to, to do interview. every single yeshiva. And yeah, so my my rabbi that I come out to, he was like, he's like, I I don't think you get you. Uh, he's like, I if you want to, you can skip on this one. And I was like. I'm having too much fun with this. <laughs> so he was like, he was like, okay, you can, you can go and interview for that. He's like, but I'm telling you, you're not going to want to go to the yeshiva. I'm like, I know, but like, I want to have fun with this. Um, 
so the room that I was in, it's like this room where it had a window in the door so you could see in. And there was a classroom across the hall mm -hmm. that had a window that mm -hmm. you could see through. And two of my like really good friends who I was, who I was out to, um, they were like, they positioned where they were sitting in class right next to the window so they could see into, <laughs> into my interview because they were waiting for the moment. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. Um, so I was like asking this guy questions and I was like, um, you know, he's like telling me about like the yeshiva. I'm like, okay, well, do you allow drinking? And he's like, no, we absolutely do not allow drinking at all in our yeshiva. I'm like, okay well do you have a curfew and he's like yes our curfew is 9 30. i was like what um and then Night uh, <laughs> not even over at 9 30. <laughs> yeah and then i was like um yeah it, it's like after night seder is like when you have to go to bed like you didn't uh -huh. even have like like you you got an hour between like 8 30 and 9 30 and that was it like that was like your break or whatever um so then I was like, do you allow dating in your yeshiva? And he's like, no, absolutely not. We don't allow any contact with, uh, with women. If you're, if you are talking to girls, you get kicked out of our yeshiva. And then mm -hmm. like, he's going on. I was like, okay. I was like, well, I wasn't talking about dating women. I was talking about dating men. <laughs> and the look at this rabbi's face. <laughs> I could see that my friends were watching. So I like kind of like look at them in the mm -hmm. corner of their eye. And they were in the other classroom just cracking up. <laughs> look at the draft. Like, he, like, when I say, he, like, went as pale as a ghost. Um, and he's like, you don't understand. I've been working at the Shishiva for 20 years and no one has ever asked that question. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's because someone had the balls to ask. <laughs> but wow. Oh my gosh. The, 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 the guy looks, I mean, he's like, I don't think our yeshiva is for you. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I think that is the one thing we can agree on. Um, and we shook yeah. hands and, uh, and I left, mm -hmm. but it was, that was really great. That was a, that was a fun experience. So I ended up finding um, a, a program called Young Judea Shalem, mm -hmm. which was supposed to be like a modern Orthodox um, uh, program. Okay. And I went, so the summer that uh, I went to Israel, I was actually, I was a madrich on a Israel program for high schoolers. Um, and that summer, Tsukitan broke out. So, you know, like the program, they ended up canceling the trip. They actually didn't cancel it. They postponed it to winter vacation for all of the Hanichim. Mm -hmm. And the madrichim were kind of there. And like at first, like they were like pushing off the dates to bring the to bring the chanichim, and they were pushing it off, pushing it off. So the madrichim, we ended up having like three weeks in Israel, just the madrichim, like having fun, because um, they planned like all these things for us. I mean, we did all these fun tours. It was really cool. It's a cool trip. Um, so, but like I was staying for my gap year, so I wasn't going home, but everyone else was. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like stuck in Israel. It's actually how I ended up finding my Mishpacha Mametzit from when I was in the army, but um, this is not like anything to do with my coming out story, but when I, when my gap year finally started, um, the, uh, program that I had signed up for, there was 50 kids who were coming. In the end, we were only nine because so many parents had pulled out their kids right. due to, due Suki to the town. war. Yeah. 
yeah, due to Tsuke-san, the Operation Protective Edge, um, that the program was like, okay, we can't do a program for nine for nine people. Uh, so they put us in with Young Judea Year Course, which is a Khilini program. Mm -hmm. So two people left, and we were just seven people. Um, and that's when I, I decided to do my year there. I didn't want to switch programs because I couldn't, I really could not find a yeshiva that was like 100% okay with me being gay. So I ended up being part of this program and it was an amazing experience. Um, and like, so, so they, they got to, for sure, a lot of people, like they got to meet a gay dutty person for like the first time in their life. And that like, we, a lot of people were surprised by that. Um, like uh, quite a few they, people in the program actually. How do they express that surprise? Um, actually, it was the same thing as in the army. Is like, but aren't you really like you're you're born gay? So, like, it, it doesn't matter if you're religious or not religious. If you're born gay, you're gay. A lot of religious people tend to be in the closet and just stay in the closet, but mm -hmm. some also come out of the closet, like me. Right. Um, and some people are are who they are. Um, so I was like, just because someone is religious does not mean that they don't identify with any specific sexuality or pronouns or anything mm -hmm. like you know even orthodox people do that so you have so. this gap year experience where you are really opening a lot of people's eyes yeah at this point did you have any sort of queer community that you belong to no i've actually never had any queer community that i belong to mm -hmm. um to be honest i don't really have very many gay friends mm -hmm. um like I know a couple people here and there, but uh, like uh, I've never found, like I, I wouldn't, uh, I didn't find anyone who I could connect with, like click with, like friend wise. Yeah. Um, so you finish up your gap year. Um, yeah. And what happens next? So then I made Aliyah. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to kibbutz uh steliao for Wupan for six right. months and then i joined the army um then i went to nahal and one reason why i chose nahal was because like I i've heard that it's very gay friendly mm -hmm. um which is true it's really funny you're a nahal you're either a kibbutznik a stoner or gay um <laughs> i've met people who are all three mm -hmm. but like it really like nahal really plays to its stereotypes um <laughs> it's quite funny uh but um we ended up um so so i i i was in the closet when i first went um i really didn't want anyone to know right away because mm -hmm. for me it was important that they get to know me first because if okay. i if i became known as the gay guy it would be like oh he can't do that because he's gay Oh, mm -hmm. he's gay, so like he's weak. You know, like I didn't want that to be their the mindset. Stereotypes, right? Exactly. Um, so I was actually one of those people that during like Masaot, I would be the one like pushing the guy up the hill. So when I ended up coming out, um, I one of the guys in my tub is like, but you're so macho. And I was like, <laughs> in my entire life no one has ever called me that i was like i'm not a macho person like what are you talking about and it just happened to be that like 
he was one of the, he was the guy that I was pushing up the hill. He's like, uh-huh. Achim, you were pushing me up the hill while pulling somebody else. So it was uh it was funny, but um like also like a lot of the a lot of them were a lot of the guys in my seven were just like, but you're deaf tea, but like what? Mm-hmm. Um I have never like really been in the closet. Um, just because like even before I came out, like everyone was calling you gay. Assumed, yeah. Yeah, everyone was calling me gay already, like everyone just assumed. Um but to all the Israelis, like they were all shocked when I came out. Like I thought it was the most obvious thing, but um, they were all really surprised. They they all thought that I was a hundred percent straight. So there were so many people that were actually really amazing about me being gay in the army that really no one cared. And um, there was there was actually there was one time where I there was a kid in another seve who was uncomfortable with me being gay. So I stopped showering on base. Um, and it, we were pretty much going home every Shabbat anyways. And if we weren't like, I would just shower like every Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd make sure like I was one of the last people in the shower. Um, so it got to like a point where my Tzavit was like not happy with it. Um, and there was one week where we were really smelly and, um, the two guys, like they, they actually walk up to me and they're like, get your stuff we're going to the shower and I was like what <laughs> excuse me um and they're like they're like we we don't care like we you need to shower so we're taking you to the shower um so I was like okay so they they like basically just were the ones who convinced me like to just they're like they're like it's just one person who who's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and he can go fuck himself so like that's how amazing like people are in the mm-hmm. army like right. like but it depends on where you go. Uh, like Nachal happened to be pretty great. You know, I have friends who were in Golani who had a very negative experience. Yeah. Um, it just depends on where you go in the army. All right. So after the army, um, you are returning to civilian life. Yeah. What is that transition like? So that was... Um, and I mean specifically as somebody who's religious and gay. So it really, there's a transition different. So a lot of Israelis, they don't know what to do after the the army because they're used to living off of a clock. Like literally every single hour of every single day, you're in a place at a specific time doing something. Um, So what actually really helped me transition to civilian life was university because Mm -hmm. I had a full schedule. I had places that I need to be at at certain times in in certain places. So for me, like the transition was pretty great. I was actually also in a, there was me and 80 girls in my program mm-hmm. at Barilan. Uh, so I was the only guy. Um, and a lot of the girls, like, I think they were a little hesitant at first because like I was the only guy and like, I think they were a little scared that I might play with them, but uh, they eventually like found out that I was gay and like I was everyone's best friend. Um, so like, it would be literally walking between classes would be me and a group of girls like walking on campus. <laughs> and so many of my friends were like like you know if I didn't know that you were gay I would totally think you were a player <laughs> it, was like, it was like you have no idea like how many guys are so jealous of you as you're like walking through campus with like a group of 10 girls <laughs> mm-hmm. um so I would say like c- civilian like transitioning it was really fine um you know it was actually it was when I started dating again 
um so because like i took a break from dating while in the army like i tried it i had a boyfriend in the army and it ended really badly so um after towards the end of my first year i actually met my fiance um and we that's when we started dating um like the week before me um, fun fact so. i think i met you on an early date with him. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, and I yes. were coming back I was from coming Tel Aviv. Back, yeah. yeah. That was and we had just gone out date. on a date. Oh. That was our first date. You met me after you guys saw me on the bus after I had my first date with him. <laughs> um, I do remember that. That's adorable. Um, yeah. So I, it was um, but like it was also like right before Muhanim. So he it was we, we met like on a Sunday or Monday, I don't remember which, but it was like mm-hmm. in early in the week. And he's like, so when can you go out with me again? And I was like, how's Wednesday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I know it's a little soon, but like next week I start Mifchanim and I'm going to be crazy busy. Mm-hmm. Like I have a jam-packed schedule of Mifchanim. So like, I kind of want to see you one more time before like that whole mm-hmm. craziness starts. Um, so we, uh, so we, we went on a second date and like, we actually ended up like working out like really well, uh, a schedule in which we were dating while I was in Mifchanim. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, now almost almost two years later, we're engaged. We survived the pandemic together. Wow, um, yeah, I, that I, is a relationship building experience. It really is. I think it, in a lot of ways, it really like solidified our relationship and we're like, okay, if uh, we also have two cats together. So we're like, if we, like we, we just, we really felt like we were, we were made for each other in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Um, but Corona really solidified that because, you know, we got engaged a year and a half after being together. And, and a lot of people would say, oh, that's super fast. But like, at the same time, we were in a pandemic together. Like we were stuck together for months on end, 24-7. Yeah. Um, and I think like that's like, it, it really, it can either build you or break you. And I yeah. think it really built us. Yeah. Um, so how'd you get engaged? Oh, okay. That's a great story. Um, so we we wanted to meet each other's families before we got engaged. So okay. we actually ended up meeting my entire family. My uncle passed away mm-hmm. um, this past summer. So he met my entire family at my uncle's funeral. Um, he, he was wow. amazing. That's a, yeah. that's a way to... It was very intense, but like he was amazing. And my entire family loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he got to meet... He actually got to meet my uncle before my uncle passed away my uncle like really considered him part of the family my mom said that the few times that she spoke to him before he passed away um she he would always ask you know like how each and every single one of us is doing and like Omri and I were a collective he's like how's Yared and Omri doing so um but we ended up going to South Africa um this past December like we were there like the last week of November to the first Mm -hmm. week of January is that where his family's from five weeks yeah so his family's from South Africa um, so that I could meet his family and so that we can get engaged. And his mom is actually, she manages six jewelry companies. So, um, yeah, so we put in an order to get our rings, like our engagement rings from her, which are like finally ready, but they weren't ready by the time we were there. Mm-hmm. So we went to, we went to Cape Town cause we, um, we wanted to get both proposed there in Cape Town. Um, and we ended up like the day before our last day there um we were just like walking around we were going to the shops and we found the shops where 
we bought like these, you know, 100 shekel like silver mm -hmm. rings, you know, like just, you know, mamash plain silver. Yeah. It actually cost more to have them engraved than it did to actually buy actually the actual them. ring. Yeah, not surprising. <laughs> um, but uh, so it was really funny. Like we walk out of the store and Omri's like, game on. <laughs> so we, um, and then we, uh, the next day we were climbing Table Mountain, which is one of the seven uh, natural wonders of the world. Mm -hmm. And we took like this really hard path up. Oh my God, it was like, I had never been on a hike like that since like the last time I did that was in the army. Mm -hmm. um, and like, it, it actually pertained to like a specific story that I told him recently. So I was like, I was like, remember that story that I told you about? And he's like, yeah. I was like, that was this, <laughs> just in the dark. <laughs> so, um, but it was fun. And we get to the top and we built like this thing called a, a roju. Um, it's like a, a tower of stones, like flat stones that you put on top of one another. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I was like, I really want to build one. And uh, he's like, okay. And my whole plan was, okay, we're going to build this roju. And then I'm going to like, go into the backpack where I hid my ring. He, like he, oh, I forgot to mention, he made me think that he left the ring at uh, the Airbnb. He was like mm -hmm. hiding it. Mm -hmm. And it's South Africa, so you hide your possessions. Yeah. Um, so he was like, okay. So I thought he was like, he was like, okay, I'm putting this here. So I was like, oh, okay. He's telling me so that we won't forget it when we leave tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, but he quickly just put it in his pocket and carried it up the mountain with him. For me, I hid it inside my backpack um so i was like okay i'm like trying to as we're stacking the stones i'm like okay how am i gonna like make an excuse to go to my backpack to get the ring so i was like i was like okay um i had a whole plan and then he's like somebody's like oh why don't you we were getting ready to top it off he's like oh there's a bunch of round stones behind you why don't you just grab one so i turn around i grab one i put it on top of the stack i look over at him and he's like down on one knee with the ring out Aww. and i was like I was like, no, 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 no. I run over to my bag and I'm shouting no the entire time. And like, I start pulling things out of my bag, like trying to find the ring, but I forgot where I put it. I like hit it so well. So I'm like literally throwing things out of my bag. At the same time, I'm like, no, 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 no. And I grabbed the ring and I had like this whole speech about like how our life has always like been this like crazy adventure and we go on all these like fun adventures together. So we do like fun teolims together. And then I was going to propose by saying, not like the, will you marry me? But like, uh, will you be my adventure buddy forever and ever? Mm -hmm. And so as I'm like walking over to him, I'm like, fuck the speech. <laughs> I get down on one knee and I was like, will you be my adventure buddy forever and ever? And he's like, yes. <laughs> so he's like, will you marry me? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so that, that's, that's how we got engaged. That's so um, sweet. So he likes, yeah, he likes to claim that he won, uh, but I... I claim that it's a tie because technically I rejected him and then I took him. So uh, well, I'd I say mean, it's a tie. You went on a technicality then. I don't know if that's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I went on a technicality. <laughs> I don't know if that's something to brag about. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really funny because after we got engaged, like there were, some, there were these two people who randomly walked by mm -hmm. right after. So I was like, hey, we just got engaged. Can you get a picture? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then we were like walking to the cable cars to take the cable car down because like we weren't about to hike it. Um, and like as we're walking, there's this other like young couple there. And I was like, good morning. And I have a huge smile on my face. And they're like, they're like, good morning. They're like, you're very chipper this morning. And I was like, yeah, we just got engaged. And they're like, oh, congratulations. That's so romantic. And then the girl like hits the guy on the arm and she's like, where's my ring? <laughs> it was really funny. That is sweet. Yeah. 
so so yeah now we've been engaged for since december so that's what the uh, three three months four months yeah, something like that something yeah something like that <laughs> um so yeah fun times we can commiserate about planning a wedding during a pandemic. <laughs> um, but before yeah, so we get we to that, decided... it sounds like you really, um, really managed to like carve a space for yourself. It's so it's, it's refreshing. Usually, usually these stories are not as joyous. Um, so thanks for no, sharing. No, really not. I got so lucky. I mean, mm -hmm. I, 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 mean three, I, like... I think you made a little bit of your own luck. That's what it sounds yeah. like to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the really only big part was like my mom, um, and it really was three years of us arguing. Um, but it's not something that I dwell on because yeah. now my mom is like my biggest advocate, and she is very, very, very supportive, like extremely supportive. So, if if somebody, uh, not advice, but if you were to talk to, I don't know, 14, 15 year old kid who who's in the religious world and realizes that he's gay, what would you say to him? My advice is always find someone you know you can trust. And it, it takes time, but I think it's important that you find a close friend and or family member that you can rely on um, if things go south for you. That has always been my advice. Um, and uh, with my with my mom, one thing that like really helped is that I actually came out to my two oldest brothers, and they really also advocated for me um, when it came to arguments with my mom. When when mm -hmm. I when when my brothers were were home visiting and my mom and I were having an argument about me being gay or about something like that, my brothers always took my side. Um, so. My, my advice has always been you don't trust right away, but make sure you can trust someone that you know will help you. Mm -hmm. um, and that could be like a teacher or a friend or because like I also came out to one of my teachers, my English teacher, who also like really helped me through everything that was happening with my mom. Yeah. Um, and she also gave me the number of a social worker and she was like if you're ever kicked out here's this number for this social worker and you can call her and she'll help you out um so i i always say you know like find if you're in high school and you're struggling with coming out always find like a teacher or a family member you know it could be a cousin aunt uncle grandparent brother sister whoever um who you can rely on and what would you like to see for the future of um, queer people in the religious world? Oh, gay marriage in Israel. That's Amen. what I'd like to see. Yeah, because we we actually, we, we're going in either November or December time to America so we can legally get married. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're gonna do a wedding in Israel in May of 2022, because hopefully by then this whole pandemic Ooh. will be past us. And we can have like a real wedding. Amen. Tove, is there anything else that you'd like to add that we didn't have a chance to? Uh, nothing I can think of. Well, thank you so much, Jared. That concludes today's episode. We want to thank Jared again for being so generous with his time and for sharing his story with us. 
If you have a story that you'd like to share, or if there are topics that you'd like to see covered, please reach out to us by visiting queeryid.com. <laughs>